0: Hello and welcome to Cardiff. I'm Susan Spence. Thank you for downloading the Holiday in Cardiff City Guide podcast. During my trip I stayed at the Holiday Inn Cardiff but there's also an Express by Holiday Inn down at Cardiff Bay which is only 15 minutes walk from the city centre. Express is a comfortable low cost alternative but still maintains the same standards you've come to expect from a Holiday Inn and offers complimentary continental breakfast and free parking for all guests. It has a great waterfront location with Mermaid Quay and the Millennium Centre right on your doorstep and we will visit Cardiff Bay during our our city guide tour to give you a better idea of what's there. And just before we start to explore Cardiff, let me tell you how you can receive up to 35% off your next weekend stay at any of our Holiday Inn properties. Just visit our website, ihg.com forward slash podcast. That's ihg.com forward slash podcast for all the details. The capital of Wales, as with any capital city, has unique attractions, top-class entertainment and quality shopping. But what makes Cardiff different is the fact that it's so compact. Nothing is more than 15 minutes away. Within the one square mile of Cardiff city centre are the big three attractions, the Millennium Stadium, the National Museum and Cardiff Castle. Innovative architecture sits alongside historic buildings. The bustle of a vibrant city is only a few strides from acres of peaceful parklands. And there's Cardiff Bay, which is now one of Europe's top waterfront developments, as well as being home to the Doctor Who exhibition.
1: Hello, I'm John Wake. I'm your guide for the day. I'm from wales-tours.com.
0: Thank you for showing me around your city today, John. Uh, First of all, just so that we can get our bearings, give me the origins and the history of Cardiff.
1: Well, believe it or not, in 1801 there was only 2,000 people living here. Now there's 330,000 people. The origins? Well, Roman. If you went to Cardiff Castle, there's a giant Roman wall inside. But the biggest thing that hit us, really, is the coal trade. And by the year 1913, we were the biggest coal exporting port of the world. So that's why Cardiff is like it is today. It's the coal that's done it for us. Come into Cardiff, you'll see it's a thriving, industrial, and really good, effervescent city. But look back in history it's coal, you go back to Romans, Normans, it's all here, even Vikings. But you have to go around to find these things.
0: Now we're standing at the front of the holiday in Cardiff City Centre. There is so much to see and do. Uh, where are we going to start from? Well, you can split your ways now.
1: I mean, Cardiff City Centre and Cardiff Bay are two separate entities. They're a mile apart, but they're both attractions. So really, we can say today, shall we start in Cardiff City Centre or shall we start in the Bay? I'll suggest to you we start in Cardiff City Centre. But if you did want to go to the Bay, there's a water bus that leaves actually every hour from just outside the Holiday Inn.
0: OK, so we're going to start in the City Centre. Right opposite us here at the Holiday Inn is Cardiff Castle. OK, well we've crossed over the road and into Cardiff Castle. We're just going through the archway. On your right-hand side, you'll see a soldier's sentry. And as you walk through there, it opens up into such a wide, open space. You you wouldn't actually expect to see this here in the centre of a city. And right there in front of you, in all its splendour, is Cardiff Castle. John, this is a really impressive site.
1: Yes, it certainly is, and it goes back 2,000 years, originally of Celtic pagan origin here, but the Romans came along in the second century, and they built a giant fort here. The fort went when the Romans went in 410 AD, and then it was rebuilt again with the Normans in the, 12th, well, the 11th and the 12th century. The most impressive part, actually, of the castle is the keep the straight in front of you now. That's a Mott and Bailey stone keep built around the end of the 11th century, right on top of this giant mound. It's a classic Norman keep. And around us everywhere is build-up a 13th, 14th, 15th century castle building up. But what you have to do, I would recommend, is when you come in, take the guided tour. Go through the interpretation. Go inside the castle. See the giant library. What happens here, one of the richest men in the world in the 19th century, rebuilt the castle, the Marquis of Butte. Inside is a treasure trove. You'll want to come back again if you see inside this castle.
0: And as we're standing here, we see quite a few different buildings either side of the castle. There's one that has particular significance.
1: Yeah, if you look to the northeast, there's a giant white clock tower. That's the Cardiff City Hall. Well, right next to that is a place called Catays Park. There's the National Museum of Wales. It's one of those places you really should visit because there's the largest collection of French Impressionist paintings outside of France. Monet, Manet, people like that. There's Turner in there. There's Rodin, Gauguin... It's a wonderful museum. Also, it's a natural history museum as well. And, of course, the museums in Wales are free. It was built at the turn of the previous century when money seemed no object. It's a marble extravaganza. You'll really love that place.
0: And right alongside it is your civic centre. And I have to say, it's one of the most beautiful buildings I've seen.
1: Yeah, that's right. There's about eight or nine buildings. It's all in white Portland stone. And the Welsh National War Memorial is the centrepiece of Cate's Park so it's right behind the National Museum actually so walk out of the museum and you're straight into Cate's Park
0: and as you leave Cardiff Castle right out in front of you is the Wales Centre and here you'll find the very famous Welsh love Spoons. we're going to pop in there and have a look
1: well, here we are in the shop and uh, the one thing that does hit you is the welsh love spoon gallery and as we walk in we're now standing underneath the biggest love spoon in the world it's 27 feet long actually and you're probably going to say what's a love spoon well the welsh are a very romantic nation when we get married here or we get engaged or we just happen to love a lady uh, we are supposed to carve our own love spoons with symbols on them to give them to the lady we don't do much carving anymore so we buy them and so as you look around the love spoons, you'll see everyone has a different symbol. But the main symbol is there's a cage, and there's, you'll see there's two balls in a cage. Well, if I gave you that love spoon, it means I want two children with you. If I gave you one with seven in, you, you better look out. But all symbols, and we have them in weddings as well, where every lady has a love spoon at the side of their plate as well, a small love spoon. It, we're a very romantic nation, and I think the love spoon gallery reflects that.
0: And do you have a love spoon?
1: I've got about 53, actually. <laughs>
0: Now one thing I've noticed as I've been wandering around, there are plenty of shops here in Cardiff, but also as you're walking up the main streets, just off them, lots of little arcades, very old style arcades that have got lots of character about them.
1: Yes, they're Victorian shopping arcades and there's about six or seven of them right in the city centre. And it's funny, there's an eclectic mix now, because right across the way, there's brand new shopping complexes. The St. David's 1, the St. David's 2, they're massive shopping complexes with departmental stores. So coming to Cardiff actually is a shopper's paradise. You can go to the little button shop in one of the arcades, you can go to the little cheese shop in one of the arcades, and then you go across to, say, Debenhams or John Lewis or whatever. So it's a great shopping experience coming here. Here we are, we come out of the Love Spoon store, out of the arcade, and now we're down in the, one of the big main streets called St Mary Street. And halfway along, we've walked into the Cardiff Central Market. This is full of produce. This is where generations of Cardiffians have bought their fruits, uh, their cloth, their food, even their Welsh cakes. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But if you walk around the Central Market, it's full of, full of interest for anyone visiting a city, especially you say cloth. There's a lot of cloth stalls here, a lot of um, souvenir stalls in here as well, but I think the most interesting is the bakers, from the jam donuts to the Welsh cakes, and ham off the bone. They actually have big sides of ham, where they slice the ham off the bone and put it into their rolls for you, their sandwiches. Welsh cakes. There are literally thousands of Welsh cakes made here every day, and sold every day, of course. Now, Welsh cakes, your granny always makes the best Welsh cake. Um... There's a great argument here in Wales, who makes the best Welsh cake. This stall we're next to now will say, ours are the best Welsh cakes. You go to the next one, they'll say, ours are the best Welsh cakes. So really, you don't know. It's, it's a matter of taste. But they are wonderful things and they're unique to Wales.
0: And what are they? I mean, I haven't tasted one yet, I'd like to, but they, they, they look to me, i tell you what they look to me. They look like a cross between a squashed scone or like a, a big kind of squash pancake with raisins. What a wonderful description. (laughs) They are. They are. That's exactly what they
1: are. A squash scone. But they contain currants and cinnamon. And they're always pasted with sugar on the top. It's one of those things you have to taste to appreciate. But I'll give you one word of advice. Don't just taste one from one store. Go around and taste a few before you realise that Welsh cakes differ a little bit. But always remember, your granny makes the best Welsh cake.
0: Okay, well, we may as well buy a couple, actually, here in the bread stall because I like the look of their ham off the bone as well. Uh, This is a fabulous place. This is kind of right up my street because there's such an eclectic mix of everything. And one of the things that I'm always quite keen to do whenever I come to a new city is support uh, local market stalls uh, because it's quite important to keep them going because they're kind of really the heart of the city at times.
1: Absolutely. This has been the heart of the city for 150 years and if you come in here i come in here all the time i buy my fruit in here it is so if i say the word cheap i don't mean to say the fruit is cheap it's the best there is but it's really cheap and so you're tempted to buy the plums the strawberries the raspberries things you wouldn't necessarily buy it's full of butcher's shops you can buy anything from a, a marrow bone to a pig's head here you can buy anything And it's a wonderful place just to wander around. And perhaps when you wander outside, go and sit in one of the church gardens and eat your Welsh cake or suck on your marrow bone, if you like.
0: Well, I'm with Nick, who's from Ashton's Fishmongers in the Market. Uh, Nick, I'm looking at something that's called lava bread. I have to say, it just looks like a pile of sludge. Tell us more about this.
2: Well, that's right, yes. Uh, It doesn't look very appetising, but it's very, very popular. It's a traditionally Welsh thing and we, we get it from Swansea, it's in fact seaweed and they just process it. You can eat it like it is. Uh, most people, uh, they, they, they fry it in bacon, they, they make cakes out of it and it's very, very good for you as well. And what's the taste like? Well, it's, a, well, it's very difficult to describe the taste of it but the old, the old adage is that if you like spinach, you will like lava bread but uh, it is a sort of thing you must try yourself really you may love it or you may may hate it but um, as far as I'm concerned I'd eat it if you put it in front of me
0: Can I have a little taste of it please? Of course please? you can, yes OK, well we've just pulled some off on a, on a little wooden fork it really does look like as if I've that's just gone down to the seaside it's very much like, it's like yeah. a very wet spinach yeah. so that's lava bread, that's one of your personal favourites what else here do you have that um, is either unique to, to Wales or something a bit special in your opinion?
2: Well, we got we, we, we fish from all over the world. The bit that we're looking at now is the shellfish section. We, 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 we get fish from all, all around the world. As I say, there's clams from Scotland, there's prawns from Thailand, some giant prawns there from the Far East. There's all sorts of things here.
0: You've got it all. Well, thank you very much for talking to me and for uh, letting me taste your lava bread.
2: You're very welcome.
0: Well, we've just come out the other side of the market onto Trinity Street, where you'll actually find the old library, and that houses the Tourist Information Centre. So, if you need any advice, maps, kind of thing on Cardiff City, then that's the place to go. And further along, I see Hayes Island Snack Bar. Uh, now, this looks as if it's quite a popular place for sitting outside.
1: It certainly is, it's been here again for generations they say about a hundred years you come here, you buy your, your hot roast pork sandwiches and you sit outside, have your cup of tea perhaps in a plastic cup or something You know, it's one of those great places but Opposite there, there's the St. David's Hall. That's a 2,200-seater auditorium. In there, I see, looking at the picture there, they've got Neil Sedaka is here tonight. It's that type of show that's here. But entertainment in Cardiff, actually, we have the new theatre, which is the classic theatre, actually, with the boxes around. You have a box. Then you have the Cardiff International Arena, 5,500 people for the giant pop concerts. Of course, you've got a Millennium Stadium for the giant pop concerts as well. And so... All around Cardiff, there's places for night entertainment. And also they do lunchtime jazz and lunchtime blues in the St David's Hall and other places as well.
0: And in terms of actual clubs and bars and nightlife, if people want to stay out that big longer, you've got one particular street that's worth a look.
1: Yeah, it's a Mary Street again. We've just been through it. Uh, On a Friday and Saturday night particularly, they close the road to cars. You go down there and there's about 20 or 30 clubs and pubs. There's also a place called The Yard, which is full of restaurants and interesting places to go. And that starts, should we say, it knocks off about eight or nine o'clock and it finishes about five or six in the morning.
0: Well, here we are at the Millennium Stadium. We're coming down through the tunnel and out onto the pitch. And it's quite amazing, actually. Um, I've been to a few football grounds in my time, but this looks very special. Uh, the pitch, actually, has been set up for rugby. God, it looks lovely. The the pitch actually is very smooth, very green. It looks extremely well kept. And uh, wow, I don't know how many how many seats have we got here, John?
1: About seventy five thousand, and it, it's all according to who's playing here. If it's to if it's a great closely contested match say the FA Cup finals used to be here so you wouldn't like have the Chelsea supporters right next to the Liverpool supporters so you might cut a few out, but 75,000 if Wales are playing home, say in rugby
0: and of course you've got the very famous roof
1: yes, we've got a retractable roof here and I'll tell you something to come to a game here with 75,000 people with the roof, roof closed you'll remember it for the rest of your life it is an amazing occasion the noise will live with you for days afterwards
0: And there's a a story also, isn't it, that the... Was it the away dressing room was haunted?
1: Ah, no, the story was that... Yes, I know what you mean. The story was in the first of the um, eight or ten finals that were here for the English soccer... The people lost who were in the away changing room, the south changing room. They lost on every occasion, so they thought they may be haunted. But in the end, somebody won, so that went out the window. But what's lovely about this place, also, is the feel you get. It's compact. You all sit virtually on the pitch to a certain extent, or you think you are. Uh, And the pitch actually is movable. There are about 7,000 pallets. So you can come here one day, there's the pitch, the next day it's gone. So you can have Speedway in here, they've had cricket in here, everything. Of course, giant pop concerts. Michael Jackson has been here, the Rolling Stones have been here. And it still happens, I think there's two other giant ones here this year. So it's used for many, many things. But of course the biggest thing is the rugby match days when Wales are playing home. You've got to experience that. The city centre streets, right out of the pubs and the cafes, straight into the stadium. a 150,000 people outside and only 75,000 can get in. It's an amazing experience.
0: Cardiff itself and Wales also, sport is very
1: important to your culture, isn't it? Sport is massive. We've got the Ashes Test here in 2009 between England and Australia. We've got um, rugby, soccer... It's massive to us. So sport does mean a lot to us, and especially means a lot to Cardiff. See, we're leaving now the Millennium Stadium. Look, and there's a, a long queue, because you can actually do tours of the stadium. And the tours take you around. You go to the Royal Box, you go to the changing rooms. You go to every part of the stadium. It's very popular. You can see by the length of queues how popular it is. But when we leave now, we go to the Millennium Centre, which is in the Cardiff Bay. And don't get those two confused, and I'll tell you why when we get there
0: one of the easiest ways to head down to Cardiff Bay is just to hop on a bus. You can, of course, take the train or, as we said earlier, on the water bus, but we've chosen to take the bus and we're making our way down there. John, tell us um, a little bit about Cardiff Bay before we get there.
1: Yeah, Cardiff Bay, 20 or 30 years ago, actually used to be Tiger Bay, or part of it's still there, Tiger Bay, but with the demise of the shipping industry, the coal, etc., there's still a small port here, mind you, but not many ships these days. What they did, something had to be done. And they created a £6 billion entertainment office and residential complex. And they created a £200 million sea dam called a barrage. Because we have the second highest tide rise in the world here in Cardiff. The sea rises 35 feet twice a day. So they put a barrage there and they created a five-acre lake where you take the water bus, you take a jet bus, if you like, out into the sea... Uh, 40 miles an hour around the islands in the sea, absolutely fantastic. So we're going to see restaurants, we're going to see clubs, we're going to see entertainment centres, we might even see a Dalek in the Doctor Who exhibition. Well, we've now arrived in Cardiff Bay off the bus, walked down towards the water, and we're standing right next to this giant red brick terracotta building. This was the headquarters of the old Cardiff Docks Company. And either side of here, the coal ships came in and out. Now... One side, you've got the new Welsh Assembly, where the Welsh Government meet. On the other side, we have a mass of restaurants and entertainment complexes. So shall we walk on? Here we are, passing the Welsh Assembly building, the Government building. And in the uh, distance, you can see a small Norwegian church, a little white building there. only a few hundred yards away. But that actually stood a half a mile away from here. The Norwegian sailors used to use it back in the 19th century. But now, it's a little restaurant, a Norwegian pastry shop, and art exhibitions. And in fact, Roald Dahl, the author, he was born here in Cardiff, and he helped to move it, well, financially, back in 1992. So, that's a lovely place to visit. And behind it, there's a small red light ship. It's a Christian Lightship. You can go on there. You can have a nice cup of coffee and a sandwich on the deck. We're looking out also across the water of Cardiff Bay. You'll see the little water buses leaving there. You'll see the jet buses leaving as well to go out into the, into the centre of the Severn Estuary, the Bristol Channel. But at the very end, that's Penarth, and there's um, this big barrage with these gates, and the River Taff comes in here. So this is now a freshwater lake. All through time it's been seawater. You can get out there through the small little lock gates, which are very high-tech, and they make sure the water level doesn't drop. When the river Taft flows in from the mountains, it comes in with millions of gallons of water, and of course it would overflow. But the lock gates are high-tech, and it lets out exactly the amount of water that it needs to to keep this level and stable. And we're now going to head off over to our right, as we're looking out to the sea, and that's where all the shopping and the restaurants are in Cardiff Bay
0: so we've just made the uh, small few steps over to mermaid quay uh, this is a lovely kind of marina type area it's been completely redeveloped lots and lots of eating and drinking places you're spoilt for choice here john
1: you certainly are look we're overlooking the water and there's a, a turkish restaurant on a pontoon there yeah. and behind it, is one of the great harry ramson's fish and chip shops but as you look around you can see restaurants from every corner of the earth from Japan, India, France, Italy, you name it, they're down here. And what's nice also is that... There's an atmosphere here in the evening. It's the evening's the time to come here. You might have live music, uh, you might have, been like, jugglers, that type of thing go on down here. And you can pick your food, you can pick your place, whatever you want. And it's, it's good, it's really good. But, of course, the city centre is good as well. I mean, you've got the lovely restaurants in there in the evening too. The city centre is an industrious place for shopping, so you've got the shopping cafes, the shopping re- restaurants as well, of course. But, I um, mean, there's a great difference between the two. Here, it's more, I would say, nightlife night restaurants in the city centre day and both of them have got the other but i would come down here in the night uh, especially on a say tuesday wednesday thursday friday and saturday i would stay in the city centre that's if you're young and you comb your hair and i i am neither
0: well there's one building right in the center of cardiff bay that you really can't miss it's uh, got a bronze goldy colored top it's a very unusual shape and uh, on the outside of it, it's got lots of different inscriptions, both in Welsh and in English. We are actually at the National Millennium Centre.
1: Yeah, the Millennium Centre. Please don't get confused between the Millennium Stadium and the Millennium Centre. You'll have a shock if you do. The uh, Millennium Centre is um, a classic auditorium, only been open six or seven years. And in the front in giant as it says, in these stones, horizons sing. Come inside, there's a beautiful walnut veneered auditorium. And the stages are big enough to take the full-size West uh, End musicals down here. So the um, Mary Poppins is here, I think at the moment, Chitty Chitty Bang Man, the full-size musicals come down here. Inside also there's cafes, restaurants inside the Millennium Centre. Have a look around, it really is a beautiful place to come. Now Millennium Centre was built at a time when Wales was growing, because it's so powerful, what it wanted to do. And it was glad it was, because with, the, with the, the credit crunch at the moment, times have changed a little bit, but we're still very proud of this building, the Millennium Centre.
0: And one other thing I do notice outside is a huge amount of slate being used.
1: There certainly is, and uh, one of the, because it's been built in Cardiff, and of course uh, we are Wales, what they decided to do was bring slate down from North Wales, and you'll see a lot of the slate is different colours. Now, different slate quarries in North Wales supply different slate, and every quarry has a different coloured slate.
0: Well, we've now come into the Red Dragon Centre and straight into the Doctor Who exhibition. Uh, Doctor Who, for those of you who don't know, quite a lot of it has been filmed in Cardiff and the surrounding area. Now, for those who are not familiar with Doctor Who, John, you know a fair bit about him. Yeah, I do,
1: yeah. I mean, Doctor Who's a time lord. It's been going for about 30 years on BBC television. And now it's come absolutely fantastic in a high-tech world today. And it's the top-selling BBC uh, ...drama programme around the world at the moment, Doctor Who. It's a fantastic programme where creatures come alive. It's quite scary. When I was young, I used to hide behind the settee, as everyone did. But this uh, Doctor Who Centre, if you are a Doctor Who fan, you come in here... ...you can see all the models and the makeups of the of the people and the places they use in Doctor Who. So around Cardiff, there are many places they film Doctor Who. Of course, it's made here in Wales... And I think if you're a Doctor Who fan, you have to come here if you're in Cardiff.
0: After fighting off the Daleks, we've taken a well-earned rest and stopped for a cup of tea here in the Red Dragon Centre. It also gives me a chance, actually, uh, to sample these Welsh cakes that we bought in the bread stall back in the market. We did get six for £1.35. I don't think we needed six, John, but here, you, t- you take one before... You one. obviously fine, know them. You have one. <laughs> you take one, and I'll take one. And let's just I see... It. I mean, I know you know these. I don't at As all... As I said
1: to you before, bear in mind that every time you have a Welsh cake... The next one you eat from somewhere else is going to be slightly different. And they're
0: always better. Right. Okay. Well, it's like a squash scone, as I said earlier. Completely covered in sugar. they mm. They're There's very nice. cinnamon in these. And I'm trying to think. It kind of does taste more like a scone than anything else. But it looks like a little scotch pancake. But with lots of um, sugar on it. It's nice. It goes well with this cup of tea. Now, while we're sat here having a rest, we're pretty much coming to the end of our tour of Cardiff Um, there's plenty more apart from the Doctor Who exhibition in here
1: Yeah, there's plenty more inside this place actually, there were a casino there's a multi-screen cinema and there's quite a few multi-screen cinemas down the bay so it's all going for you whatever age you are
0: Now John, thank you very much for showing me around your city Uh, it's been a real revelation for me because I've never been here before but before I let you go, can I just ask you if there's one thing you would say to a visitor to Cardiff what shouldn't they miss?
1: Oh, that's a difficult one to throw at me Um, perhaps one we haven't been to. It's four and a half miles outside the city centre. It's in Cardiff, and it's the Welsh National Folk Museum at St Fagans. It's where they've recreated the buildings. They've been brought down from all over the country and rebuilt in this 100-acre site. There's a museum there, there's cafes and restaurants there, but it gives you a whole history of Wales in one place. And, in fact, on the way there, you pass Llandaff Cathedral, and that dates back to the year 650, and inside the of cathedral, if you're interested in architecture, is the biggest statue of Jesus Christ in Britain, called the Majestus by Epstein.
0: And one thing I have to say, which we haven't heard yet, is anyone speaking some Welsh to us?
1: <laughs> and You're going to ask me to do that. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's, what's good. When we were outside Cardiff Castle, into the Lovespoon shop, if you stand outside and look up, there, outside, is a sign. And it says 190 miles to Llanfair Pryllcymwyth Gwrgyrth Wyndrób o Chlantysylio Now, that's the longest place name in Europe. And the chap in there who owns the shop, people were coming in saying to him, how do we get to Llanfair Pryllcymwyth Gwrgyrth Wyndrób o Chlantysylio And he got so sick of it, he put a giant sign up outside. So now you have people outside trying to pronounce Welsh. Do you want to try it? No, I don't
0: think so. <laughs> I'd <I'm laughs> be to start. I was too busy watching your lips do that. It was just like completely amazing, really. Um, John, thank you very much for showing us around.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you.
0: Well, it would be difficult to choose what's been my favourite thing about Cardiff walking out of the tunnel at the Millennium Stadium, going back 2,000 years at Cardiff Castle. Or surviving the Daleks. But what I can say is that Cardiff is definitely a city where you can take things that little bit easier. And to make the most of your stay, pop into the Cardiff Tourist Information Centre in the city centre or the visitor centre in Cardiff Bay. It's known locally as the Tube and is itself an attraction with panoramic views across the bay well as housing exhibitions along with a unique scale model of the bay and let me just remind you how you can receive up to 35% off your next weekend break here in Cardiff or at any of our other holiday and destinations all you have to do is visit our website ihg.com forward slash podcast that's ihg.com forward slash podcast for all the details I'm Susan Spence. Thank you for downloading the Holiday in Cardiff City Guide podcast and enjoy your stay.